honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Again, Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Welcome back once again today as we talk about uh, another two-in-one week as predicted. Okay, maybe the games weren't 100% accurate, but the record was 100% accurate. Yeah, I had the Wolves beating the Phoenix Suns, and Phoenix Suns didn't even have Devin Booker, and the Wolves didn't win that one, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Let's just uh, let's just get started. 108-106 loss on Saturday, December the 16th. Yeah, we lost to the Phoenix Suns, and no Devin Booker, who scored 30 points the last time around. And what's up with the Wolves and the Suns? I mean, gosh, at this point, the Suns were 10-21, and 21, fifth place in the Pacific. 10 and 21, but I don't know. There's a lot of players on the Suns team that are just kind of, you know, they're just kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> they really are. Uh, Marquise Chris, who was a huge pain in the butt last time around, wasn't much of a pain. Um, he only had three points. Tyson Chandler started in the game with, eh, you know, foul trouble and this and that. He wasn't that big of a deal. Josh Jackson, Tyler Eulis, wh- who, what, where, why, when? Troy Daniels, Splash Dan, the guy I used to call Splash Dan, who... Well, he's got a nice release, a quick release, and he can hit three-pointers, but then all of a sudden he stopped shooting, he stopped shooting threes, he stopped making threes, and next thing you know, he was gone from the Wolves, and, and he scored 17 points off the bench for the Phoenix Suns against the Wolves, and Isaiah Kanan, I guess he got to the promised land, I guess, Isaiah Kanan, Kanan, yeah, seven assists for him, 15 points off the bench, better starting point guard than uh, what the Suns had. In John Jackson and Tyler Eulis, who did a whole lot of nothing. Josh Jackson, he scored. Excuse me, Josh Jackson at least scored and got to the line and all that. But Tyler Eulis, I mean, huh? I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Jared Dudley, according to some people, would like to we'd like to have him as a future Wolf. Uh, no, Mike James, who was a, a pain in the butt last time around. Greg Monroe, no, no Greg Monroe, and no again Devin Booker. Brandon Knight hasn't played since, I don't know what decade. I like him, man. I would love him on the Wolves one day, but he hasn't played in forever. And the Suns beat the Wolves. I just don't understand. Um, played to the level of your opponent, I guess. Uh, the Wolves built a nice lead. They kept hanging on to it. It got more and more sizable. And then the second half happened, and things started to change in that third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Phoenix just kind of kept making threes. The Wolves made pretty much, it was like zero stops in that fourth quarter. Um I couldn't believe it. Uh, you had Jimmy Butler's sore back start to rear its ugly head. This is when he pretty much uh, he hurt his back at some point in the game. Maybe even in a previous game, but it got irritated more and more. Uh, Jimmy Buck, it's Jimmy Butler, would be limited to 10 points, but had a couple of clutch plays down the stretch and took some major contact, keeping the Wolves in the game after they went down by 6-7 points against the Phoenix Suns, when literally the Wolves made zero stops on the Suns in that, in that fourth quarter. Zero stops. Uh, Carl had a nice promising game, but then couldn't make the shots down the stretch. Uh, believe it or not, 4 of 7 from downtown, as Carl's three-point percentage has been going up a bit lately, and good for him, but I'm not a big fan of seven threes. Wiggins, just another yucky 
mostly two-point shots, and he was one of six from downtown. He has really struggled from beyond the arc of late, and uh, boy, this game was a huge example of that. Tyus Jones enjoyed things in the first half and had a couple of good moments in the second, but generally speaking, just nobody was making stops against Phoenix. I mean, they're all at fault here. Even Jimmy Buckets, believe it or not. But it wasn't really bad defense in his part. <laughs> Guys were just getting past everybody. Uh, Todd Gibson, Andrew Wiggins, and of course, Carl Anthony Towns. They're just getting around him. Uh, Dragon Bender was hitting threes one after another in that fourth quarter. And he wound up with 17 points. I mean, Bender had a big breakout type of game. Alex Len, 19 points. Even set up <laughs> six assists in the game. Again, off the bench, believe it or not. But Alex Len has always been a pain in the butt for the Wolves. In fact, uh, Phoenix, that's getting to a point where maybe Tyson Chandler should just go take his big contract and go, and then Alex Len can start at center. Uh, Dragon Bender, though, man, he's showing signs of what he can do a little bit. He's definitely a stretch four as he doesn't rebound at all. He's just out there shooting threes, and he made them to his credit. Again, like I said, five of eight from downtown. Oh, it was frustrating. Uh, and the Wolves kept leaving him open, and they just kept leaving him open and kept leaving him open, and then when guys drove the lane, they drove the lane, and then you had the moment of truth down the stretch. You had uh, Jeff Teague foul a guy by the name of Isaiah Cunnan, as that was the guy that did it. He might as well say Kanan Cunnan. I mean, I just <laughs> I can't help it. I keep calling him Kanan, but it is Cunnan, but it's Kanan in the Bible. Yeah, and Isaiah is in the Bible. And, well, he reached the promised land. He got the three free pointers, the three free throws. Jeff Teague faked out. I don't know what Jeff Teague was thinking. He literally went right into Isaiah Cannon. Um, really, it just, I couldn't believe it. Why couldn't you go off to the side a little bit? Because the Wolves were drawing the Suns into a point of, it would have been a shot clock violation. They would have ran out of time. They, it would have ran, <laughs> they would have run no time left on the clock in general, shot clock and game clock. Uh, he was getting forced into an awkward shot. It, there's almost no way it would have gone in. So I'm not sure why. I don't know how Jeff Teague was faked into literally bumping into Je uh, Isaiah Conan. I keep wanting to call him Jeff because of Jackson there. Josh Jackson, pardon me. But, um, yeah, he reached the promised land, and that was it. Uh, and the Phoenix Suns won the game. It was the promised land for one night anyway. And pardon me if there's a, you can hear the fan in the background. It's, it just gets hot in here no matter what, no matter what time of year. So I know it's cold outside, but it's always hot in these damn apartments. So you'll apologize for that. The Wolves do lose 108-106 on a terrible play by uh, Jeff Teague. And I, I'm a big Teague fan. He had a good, solid game, 17.8 assist game and all that. He was solid, but then his defense down the stretch was disappointing. Uh, he, had a, he had a couple of good moments as well, though, forcing a turnover or two, but then ultimately that. The final play is what people remember. And I did pick the Wolves to win by one point over the Portland Trailblazers. How about that? Uh, Jimmy Butler making some free throws, drawing a foul, but an overall entertaining game where... Portland led most of the way, and they kept building it a little bit into that third quarter, and, and, and it went into the fourth. The Wolves mount a comeback. Fun, entertaining night in the Target Center. And of course, it was Monday, December the 18th. Planned to get the date correct, of course. 108 uh, 107 game. There was a good chance that Jimmy Butler wasn't even going to play. And I remember how I talked about Jimmy Butler was going to have a big night against uh, Portland. I just said it just reeked of Jimmy Butler. And it reeked of Jimmy Butler, all right. A guy who played better when he's hurt a little bit, I guess. Uh, 37 points for Jimmy Butler. Overall dazzling performance by Jimmy Buckets or whatever you want to call him. I want to call him the Alpha Dog, I think. I can kind of give you a guess of why 
of who the alpha dog is and the alpha wolf of this episode is going to be. And the alpha wolf right now, really, yeah, I mean, it's Jimmy Butler with, without a doubt. He really just took charge these last couple of games. Even in the Phoenix Suns game, absolutely took charge when he needed to. And that was good. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Marcus Georges Hunt has been getting the few minutes that Baz Muhammad would ever get. Nemanja Bialica, I don't think he's ever coming back. Uh, nice game by Jamal Crawford as well. He was scorching the net, including a, I don't know if you want to call it a Steph Curry type of play or what. But it was way out there, about, gosh, I mean, 30 feet away. He hoisted it and put it in there. Wolves were down by 10. Next thing you know, they're down by 7. And they keep clawing away, as wolves like to do, I suppose. Nah, they like to bite. They like to bite more than claw. They're not cats, right? <laughs> but cat was clawing a little bit. Carl Anthony Towns, not the best game for him. He only shot 33%, but he made half of his threes. So, go figure. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, another yucky game. I mean, uh, but at least he got seven rebounds. So, a lot of us that are frustrated with the rebounding, very happy with that. But, um, so he made up for it there. That's nice, uh, including a steal and a block. Big play down the stretch, Andrew Wiggins forcing a turnover down the stretch. That was huge, actually. Really appreciate what Andrew provided there. So he made up for it a little bit, even though, yeah, again, a poor shooting night. Uh, Taj Gibson had a nice hockey assist along the way as the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Je uh, Jamal Crawford was batting a ball away, and then Jeff Teague, or excuse me, Taj Gibson forced it forward so Jamal Crawford could get to the basket and, and lay it in. That was an awesome play by Taj Gibson. The kind of plays... That They don't show up on the stat sheet. It was literally a hockey assist. I loved what I saw there. Just literally forcing the ball forward, just pushing it forward, which gave Jamal Crawford a lead, and he just went to the basket. And plays like that were the turning points of the game. Uh, C.J. McCollum's a killer. He hates us because we passed on him in the draft, and 20-point performance for him once again. Damian Lillard didn't have his best game, but he certainly didn't have his worst. He had 13 assists in the game, but again, the turnovers were huge down the stretch because the Wolves' defense kind of sort of showed up to play, uh, forcing turnovers and all that. And then Jimmy Butler drawing the foul from Al Farik Amino, uh, among others. It was like a team foul, basically, uh, on the Blazers as Jimmy Butler drove to the basket and just sank those free throws like it was nothing. Sore back or not, Jimmy Butler, 37-point night, and just strong defense, setting players up as well, and making 11 to 12 free throws. I mean, that's as alpha dog as it gets. And, of course, making a couple of threes down the stretch, only attempting three of them in the game, so 66% do the math there. Overall, strong, strong, awesome night for Jimmy Butler, and it was uh, a joy to watch. Uh, every Timberwolves fan in the arena and, well, obviously watching it on TV was very impressed with what they saw from Jimmy Butler, an overall awesome, strong performance by the alpha dog of the Wolves at this stage. And we moved to the Denver game, and it was like the brightest thing you ever saw. I mean, it was glimmering, it was shimmering in gold, I guess. And you got to like that huge graphic of the Nuggets logo kind of literally inside the three-point arc. Uh, very cool uh, design, very cool engineering design there by the uh, <laughs> Denver Nuggets and, and all that. The Denver Nuggets crew there that helped design that court. It's pretty awesome to be quite honest. An another win by the Wolves, second win in a row, second out of three this past week, a 112-104 game. As the Wolves were down by uh, a few points for a while there, Denver was hanging on to a lead, and then the second quarter, third quarter, the Wolves kind of just kept building and working and building on it, and then it was a tie game, back and forth, and, uh, and Jimmy Buckets took over down the stretch again, Jimmy Butler. I don't even like to call him Jimmy Buckets because I hate uh, <laughs> Ricky Davis was garbage. The anti- Defense. The reason why they called Ricky Davis buckets because that's all he did. He didn't defend anybody and he really didn't do anything else. He just tried to score and 
worried about himself pretty much. Uh, Jamal Crawford also strong game as well. 20 points for Jamal Crawford off the bench. So Jamal Crawford getting more minutes after he kind of sort of complained about his lack of minutes a couple days ago. And now multiple multiple games where he got almost 30 minutes, almost starter minutes there by Jamal Crawford. 20 points off the bench, scorching the net again. Even had seven assists, creating a bit of offense for others. Jeff Teague was pretty solid down the stretch. His shooting was not good. He was clanging three after three after three. And it's like, gosh, he's getting these open touches. And some of the shot selection wasn't the best. I mean, he had an open three on a play. I mean, all he had to do was let it go. He stops. He waits for for other players to come and for the play to develop. And then he just kind of puts it up anyway off the dribble. And just it was just off the front of the rim. It wasn't even a good shot. Uh, other than Jamal Crawford, the Wolves were pretty porous from beyond the arc in this game. But ultimately down the stretch, it was attacking the basket that helped win this game. And Carl Anthony Towns... Playing more of an inside game and making a momentum three-pointer down the stretch, which really helped. There was momentum three as you're bringing the ball up the court and you have him catch and release right away. You don't have any dribble. You don't have any waiting. you got to let it go immediately. You're not thinking about it, and your shot percentage is much higher. And that's what Jimmy Butler was able to accomplish, or excuse me, Carl Anthony Towns was able to accomplish in this one. Uh, Jimmy Butler... His numbers were not high going into the fourth quarter, but then there it was. I mean, Jimmy showed up when the Wolves needed him and when it was a tight game. And next thing you know, the Wolves build a four-point lead and it leads up to eight and to six and back and forth as the Nuggets would get a couple of quick baskets. But ultimately, Jimmy Butler led the way down the stretch in those clutch moments, and that's what Jimmy is, <laughs> that's what Jimmy has become, the alpha dog of the Timberwolves. Um, I, I can think of worse things than this, uh, ultimately, because... And I'm sorry for saying ultimately so much. Right now, Andrew and Carl are not taking the reins of it. And you know what? That's fine if Jimmy Butler is able to do that because Jimmy's in his prime. So let's use his prime rather than push it aside. Let him be the guy for now. And when Carl and Andrew are ready to take over, they can do that. Uh, Andrew Wiggins seems far, far away from taking over. He had a five-rebound game. We appreciate that, but... 25% shooting. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. And it's not just the fact he's missing, it's the shot selection. Uh, he had an awesome play in the game, but other than that, it's just, I don't know if he's frustrated with the how things are going, the touches, and I, I was always afraid of that. Uh, guys' growth getting stunted because you have the veterans, Jeff Teague, Jimmy Butler on the roster, and Taj Gibson, of course, being what he is, and that stunts uh, Gorgie Zhang a little bit. It's just, you know, things are changing a little bit. But, I, I don't know, um, there's no reason Andrew Wiggins can't take over games. There's no reason he can't. Nobody's stopping him. Nobody stopped Zach Levine from taking over. It's not like Jimmy Butler's saying, you're not getting the ball ever again, uh, because Andrew Wiggins had 12 shot attempts. No reason he can't get 20 points off of 12 shots. It's very possible getting to the free throw line as well. He did make the and one, and that's the only free throw Andrew attempted. Uh, you're seeing a guy who obviously has extreme talent. He had that nice spin move, which again led to the end one. But generally speaking, you're seeing a guy who's kind of lost in the shuffle right now. And I feel bad about it because I know Andrew's better than this. And I think he knows he's better than this. Uh, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence all of a sudden or frustration or what it is. Or uh, is he tired of (laughs) Coach Thibodeau's yelling? I, I don't know. Tom Thibodeau's yelling? I'm not sure what we're seeing here from Andrew Wiggins, but it's not been good of late. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to rip him. 
In fact, my sister-in-law met his father, and there's a small possibility that Mitchell Wiggins just might have listened to an episode or two. So, <laughs> but no, it's I, I, that's not the only reason why I don't want to rip Andrew Wiggins is because I like Andrew Wiggins, and I want well, like it or not, he's here. He's been signed for a lot of money already. It's a massive contract. I want him to succeed. I love Andrew Wiggins' game because he does have, you know, out of all the past stars, like you want to say this guy reminds you of this guy, that guy reminds you of that guy. Jeff Teague kind of, sort of, in a little bit ways, reminds me of a couple people. I'll say one of them, believe it or not, is Rod Strickland. He kind of reminds me of Strickland a little bit. He has that 80s, 90s point guard look to me. That It's hard to explain, but he reminds me of Rod Strickland a little bit. And he reminds me of Chauncey a little bit, especially when he's shooting those threes. He's got that smooth release on his three-point shots, which didn't go so well in the Denver game, which is where Chauncey, one of the places Chauncey <laughs> had a pretty good run there, taking the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals. That was a good team, and he was the best player on that team. Go ahead and rip me, Carmelo fans, but I think Chauncey was the better player out of those two, or at least the better when, when it mattered most. Um, but yeah, Andrew reminds you know, he's got Dominique in him. Not as good, obviously, because Dominique is one of those guys you can't touch very easily. Uh, maybe Andrew could get there, like where he literally could be at a Dominique level. But his game model, his style, he's got a lot. He's got Dominique in him. He can go above the rim like very few, uh, and he's got the spin moves that Dominique had, stuff like that. I can see Dominique Wilkins and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is David Robinson. I've said it a million times in. David Robinson with a little three-point shot. And, you know, David Robinson made threes. It's the shot blocking from David that I want to see uh, coming back into Carl's game. Because when it's there, that's the Carl Anthony Towns that could win you NBA championships. With, with an S. He can win you NBA championships when he plays like that. Uh, Taj Gibson, I'm not sure who to compare him to. Kind of like a Horace Grant a little bit. A little bit. Where he's got that defense and he's he's tough, physical kind of guy. And Jimmy Butler, it's... One of the uh, one of the announcers, one of the recap people out there in NBA.com and stuff, compare uh, called him Clyde Drexler with with his shot release. Yeah, like minus the hang gliding, he's got a little Clyde in him because Clyde was a good defensive player as well. He doesn't hang glide like Clyde Drexler, literally Clyde the glide. But um, gotta love what Jimmy brings. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, <laughs> you want to believe he's got little Jordan in him with that number 23, and he's got that stern look on his face like Michael always had. I think Jimmy does model his game after Michael Jordan, and that's one of the reasons he wears 23. Uh, he does model his game a bit after the Jordans and the Drexlers, guys like that. There is a Drexler and a Jordan in him a little bit, but obviously it's really tough to compare anybody to Michael Jordan. That's dangerous. That would have been recent times. That's Kobe Bryant, definitely. Uh, it's not anybody else. It's not Curry. Curry's not even the same type of player. It's not Kevin Durant. He's not the same type of player. Uh, it's absolutely not the bearded one, Mr. James Harden. He's not Jordan-like. I, he's more like, I don't even know. I don't even know. You know, it's tough to compare. I have to sit down and really think about that. But um, it's fun to compare guys to the old, old veterans. Jamal Crawford, uh, Dana Barrows, kind of, but better, kind of, you know. Kind of like Dana Barrows a little bit. Got that spark plug off the bench who can really scorch at times. And sometimes it's not his night. And when it is his night, you love watching what you're seeing. Tyus Jones, okay, I can't keep going with this. <laughs> Gorgie Zheng's got Garnett in him, honestly, and I don't mean the talent level, I mean the just the style, the game model. He's got a similar game model to Kevin Garnett. Very similar to Kevin Garnett, actually, but again, not as good. That's a given. Uh, <clears throat> see, I don't hate Kevin Garnett. For those of you that are like, he hates Kevin Garnett, he hates Ricky Rubio, he hates... You know what? I'm just saying get off your little 
you know, get come down from the clouds a little bit with these guys. Jeesh, calm down. Sheesh. But anyhow, I'll relax. Uh, what's up with the Chicago Bulls lately? They've been winning like every game all of a sudden. And who's this point guard, this freaking guy? Ah, oh, that sucks. And uh, Jamal Murray's reminding us how he didn't really like being passed up in the draft for a certain guy we traded to the Bulls because he had a really strong game. Jamal Murray was the guy that was keeping the Denver Nuggets in the game. 30 points for Jamal Murray. Gosh, it's like he made everything. I mean, he was crazy. Uh, 10 of 17 overall, 5 of 6 from downtown. He got to the free throw line, made those as well. Uh, Jokic, I like a lot too. Nikola, Nikola Jokic, uh, Mason Plumley had a pretty nifty move on Gorgie Shang as well. Showing some quickness. I kind of liked what I saw of Mason Plumley. He had a hell of a game. Double-double performance. He looked good. Uh, and uh, You know, a lot of times you don't think much of Plumley, but sometimes this guy, he, he's got a little game to him. Obviously, Anjokic is the guy that the uh, Denver Nuggets favored over Nurkic, the night we, the guy we played just uh, just the other day with the Portland Trailblazers. So, nice overall performance by the Denver Nuggets. A uh, couple big men there, and of course Jamal Murray. Oh, love him to death. Uh, you didn't see Gary Harris; he was out, and that kind of helped the Wolves win, I suppose. And Paul Millsap, important divisional victories for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's what's keeping Minnesota in first place in the Northwest Division. That's awesome. Uh, Denver's in fourth place, despite they're only, I mean, they're one game above 500. It's pretty much a logjam with the other teams there with the OKC Thunder, Denver Nuggets, and Portland Trailblazers. I didn't call them the Jailblazers yet, but then again, I guess I kind of just did, even though none of them are in jail and they're not blazing the jail anymore. That was the old days, but it's a nickname that sticks. You just, you just can't get rid of it sometimes. Uh, Sixers have been losing lately, too. Why couldn't they lose to us? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fun to compare veteran players, though, uh, young guys with veteran players. I do see Dominique and Andrew, and I'd like to see more and more of it. And, God, it's kind of sad. You know, I, you know, when Andrew Wiggins was a rookie, and plain as day, he was looked on as the, the guy, the franchise leader. I really liked what I saw. And it's like, ever since then, it's more and more players have been added to the roster, and he's been kind of pushed back. And he hasn't responded well to it. And, damn it, it sucks. It sucks. I wish he was able to respond better to it. And, I, you know, I can kind of relate. It's not fun when you're, you're not the number one guy and this and that. And I know Andrew can be capable of it. But then again, if this is what Andrew is, regardless if he's the guy or not, ouch. Um, I, I know he's better. I know he's much better. You've seen it. You've seen 38-point games. You've seen 40-plus point games. You've seen a guy who can get to the free throw line. He can make, you know, he can get, he can, he can attempt 15 free throws in a game because of his aggressive play. I want to see more from Andrew. I, I know it's there. The spin move, the physicality. Come on, Andrew. Let's, let's, let's get it together. I, I know it's there. I don't know if Jimmy Butler's in his ear beating him up verbally. I don't know if that's what's going on. And it could be a little bit. And it's not because he's bullying him, but because Jimmy Butler's expecting more because he's got the C on his chest. Um, He's got the C on his chest, and he deserves it because he's backing it up. Jimmy Butler is backing up what he is supposed to be. He is absolutely a franchise. Uh, he's a franchise swingman on this team right now, and I am never, <laughs> I am not going to deny it. Regardless of what, like a monkey wrench might have been thrown into the the plan, so to speak, the plan as we all like to have our plan, whatever your plan is. If Jimmy Butler is winning basketball games and he's doing a hell of a job of it, I can't complain. I cannot complain. Uh, Carl has had a good week. He 
he was certainly the lead guy for the Alpha Wolf, but for me right now, it's Jimmy Butler is absolutely the Alpha Wolf for this week, and he's the Alpha Wolf for this team at the moment. I mean, he is the Alpha Dog for the Timberwolves, and that's the title of this episode. Uh, Timberwolves still at fourth in the Western Conference and building a pretty sizable lead right now on the Portland Trailblazers, so at least two and a half games anyway. Portland's the fifth seed, which is kind of weird. I mean, the bottom half of the Western Conference isn't that good, and we're in the big four, baby. We're two and a half games behind the San Antonio Spurs. Actually, three full games behind the Spurs now. And then you get the Warriors, six games behind them, six and a half. And Houston has been dominating for the most part, 25 and 5. They lost recently, believe it or not. Of course, Boston's having a nice run over there in the Eastern Conference. Cleveland's still third seed, but they're knocking. The Cleveland the Cavaliers are knocking on that door. They're coming. And they have a horrible start to the season. They're coming. Now, Detroit dropped off, and then they started to play a little better, and I don't know, they're Detroit. Watch them drop into you-know-where once again. <laughs> just watch. Uh, just like the Orlando Magic, they're only 10 games under five hundred now. <laughs> Bulls are like they might going to get the number one pick in the draft for a while. They're not anymore. It looks like the, the Hawks. Man, remember the Hawks were the top team in the East just, was it two years ago? I think it was, right? Or was it three years ago? Huh, not that long ago. But that's what happens when you have no Paul Millsap and all that. And, of course, a guy by the name of Jeff Teague. So Jeff Teague might be helping the Wolves to a division championship just like he did with the Atlanta Hawks a couple of years back. So, yeah, I think it was three years ago already, two and a half years ago. But Alpha Wolf with the bullet, Jimmy Butler, the Johnny Flynn Memorial, and my heart aches, aches. And Mitchell Wiggins, if you're listening, please don't take offense to this. Please. And I doubt he's listening. But if there's a small chance Mitchell Wiggins is listening... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in fairness, in honesty, I have to do my job as the host of this show. Uh, I'd be objective, but it's Andrew Wiggins this past, this past. For the past week, Andrew Wiggins is the Johnny Flynn Memorial. He's just been lost out there. It's not because I think he sucks or he's just, he's just this bust. I'm not saying trade him. You know, and, you know, do you really think you're going to get the uh, fair value? I mean, you might. Maybe somebody out there would go ape leap over him. You know, if I was another team, I would try to trade for him, absolutely. I'd be like, yes, I'd love to have Andrew Wiggins in my roster. I'll give you this, this, and this. And maybe it's a better fit for him in this other team, and boom. But I don't want to imagine Andrew Wiggins on another team. I'm very happy to have him in Minnesota. And Toronto Raptors, don't even bother. Don't even think about it, right? <laughs> uh, really, though, Wiggins, the Mitchell Wiggins is from North Carolina. So at the end of the day, it was he married... Uh, Olympic, uh, Canadian Olympic, and that's how they wound up in Toronto, Ontario. She was from uh, Toronto, so that's what happened. That's why Andrew Wiggins is Canadian-born, so that's the little story behind the scenes. I love you, Andrew Wiggins, but please <laughs> refocus, improve. Please get get back to what we know you can do, because it's already been there many times over, so God bless. All right, <laughs> point made, segment over. Let's preview some games and uh, talk about their Merry Christmas season as the Timberwolves will be playing on Christmas Day. What's coming up on Monday is Christmas. It's not winter, it's not the holidays, it's not December, it's Christmas. are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Time to preview four games here. We got the Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Lakers, Denver, Nuggets, and Milwaukee Bucks. 
as we head into Christmas Day, of course, of the Los Angeles Lakers on TNT, 9.30 p.m. All right, second Christmas Day game in a row. But we'll talk about the Phoenix Suns first. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns, we've had some fun games with these guys this year. It's been been great. Um, most recently, of course, we lost to them. 108-106, just uh, we already... We already just did that show. So, I don't know. We know who the Phoenix Suns are. We know what they're capable of. Will uh, Mr. Devin Booker be back? Will he not? I don't know. Uh, I'm afraid of this team right now. And it's one of those annoying situations where it's, you know, it's unexplainable in terms of it's just a bad matchup, bad this, bad that, regardless if the Wolves are a significantly better team than the Phoenix Suns. But the Wolves have a chance to split the season series at the very least. Phoenix won game one, 108-110 Minnesota. That was, of course, on November 11th. November 26th, Minnesota won 119-108. And then you had a Phoenix victory, 108-106. So something's got to give, kind of, sort of. Um, Wolves lost in Phoenix last time around, then lost at home by two points. Should have been a win on December the 16th. Now, December the 23rd on Saturday in Phoenix, Arizona, a place a lot of people probably wouldn't mind visiting this time of year because, I don't know, it's just kind of nice there, right? Kind of. Uh, Alex Lynn, all those guys gave us a hard time. <sighs> I think we're pretty familiar with these guys by now. Again, Devin Booker scorched the net like beyond belief last time around or last couple times around, particularly the loss in Phoenix on, on Veterans Day. Uh, Going to give a quick shout out and a moment of silence for uh, Dick Enberg, who just passed uh, last night, passed of a heart attack, which scares me. Those words scare me so much. And, uh, wish uh, Dick Enberg the best, his family and all, a uh, great uh, sportscaster for many years. I remember him very well from the 92 Olympics. So gosh, he was only in his late fifties back then. So he died at the age of 82. Dick Enberg, a moment of silence. God bless Dick Enberg and his family. As we now continue uh, with the Phoenix Suns preview, uh, humanly possible. It's yeah, it's it's tough to segue. You hate to see someone a uh, very familiar name like that uh, pass on. But again, you know, I mean, unfortunately, as they say, that's life. That's life. Life is short. It it really is. Um, Isaiah Canaan, will he? It's Canaan, but it's Canaan, whatever. I, I call him Canaan because he took the uh, Phoenix Suns to the promised land last time around into Canaan, the land of milk and honey. Right? In the Old Testament there. Isaiah Canaan. He's an Old Testament kind of guy, it looks like. <laughs> ah, the Wolves need to win this game. Not because it's a must win, but because, come on, beat the Phoenix Suns, okay? I don't care if Den Devin Booker goes off for 40 points. Beat him, please. Uh, Phoenix has been playing better, though. Of course, they beat Minnesota, they beat Dallas, and they beat Memphis. But, well, okay, Minnesota, that's a good win. Impressive win. They got beat pretty good by the Clippers and were beat barely by the Toronto Raptors at home. So barely. The, the Raptors yeah, had a little trouble with Phoenix. They're capable of scoring sometimes. They're capable of some timely defense. So three out of their last five, the Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm going to pick a win. The Wolves need this for their pride. They need to split the season series. Sometimes a bad matchup is a bad matchup. Uh, Jimmy Butler, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, that's pretty much been the case. Andrew Wiggins, I really want to see him go off. I mean, I've it's been it's been heartbreaking to say the least. Uh, you know he's capable of so much more. Uh, you, you really, you, you just know it. Um, as you just, <laughs> you're just left at a, at absolutely at a loss, not understanding why this, this club can't uh, 
beat the Phoenix Suns. Andrew Wiggins 5 of 16 last time around. Remember we talked about that. Even Butler played poorly. Uh, Towns again. I mean, I, I expect continuous good play. Of course, Towns and Butler right now are the top two guys on this club. They've been outplaying everybody. Gibson had a nice double-double. We already talked about that, though. Teague, just don't foul Isaiah Cannon or anybody else at the three-point line. Um, yeah, okay. Minnesota's going to win the game. They're going to get triple digits on both sides because that's been a pretty uh, consistent trend. Minnesota wins 108 to 100. Minnesota wins 108 to 100 over the Phoenix Suns. Leading scorer for the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns, will lead the club. Uh, Butler will be clutched down the stretch, I believe. Uh, that's kind of also becoming a trend of late, is that Carl Anthony Towns has been clutched down the stretch. So that's good for the Wolves at the end of the day, I would have to say. As now we try to segue into the next <laughs> into the next game here. As December the 25th is here, December the 25th, the greatest day in all the year, December the 25th. Correct. Yes, that was from an old uh, movie called Scrooge back in the 70s, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Vince Germano, Stu Benson, Kalen Woods, all you guys are Laker fans, lots of Australian Laker fans. Look at you, all you front runners. Well, it's hard to be a front runner now if you're a Laker fan, but well, I'm sure they're going to be catching up very soon. Nah, Ingram and others, uh, they're going to be catching up, I believe, the Lakers. Uh, first game of the series. Lots of firsts the past uh, the past week or so. December the 25th, and then New Year's Day with the Lakers. Okay. And then the day after uh, <laughs> the day after uh, Valentine's Day and April 6th, uh, Friday. So that's where the series will wrap up. Obviously, the two teams have not played yet. Minnesota, three out of their last five. Lakers, two out of their last five. They beat the Houston Rockets recently, so that was the recent Houston loss. December the 20th, lost to Golden State by only two points. And then Cleveland, oh, what a brutal schedule. Sheesh, it was Cleveland before that, of course. Um, what a brutal schedule. Cleveland, Golden State, and Houston, oh. Lose to the Lakers by four, beat the Charlotte Hornets by 11. So, yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers. Minnesota heading to the City of Angels, of course. One of the late games there. I, I love the late games. They're fun, and it's something to look forward to. Lakers at the moment, 11-18. and 18. Kyle Kuzma leading the way in scoring. Larry Nance Jr. leading the way in rebounding. And, of course, not surprising, Lonzo Ball leading the way in assists. Of course, Lonzo, not the loud one of the two between him and LeVar. Uh, the three-point percentage, not up to par just yet. I'm sure it'll catch up in time. He's only 50% at the free throw line as well. Yeah, taking a little uh, <laughs> taking a little advice from Andrew Wiggins looks like on that one. 50% at the free throw line. Mm. So a lot of things that need to improve. Alonzo Ball though, obviously very promising career. Looks to be one of these triple-double threats in the NBA for many years, I'm sure. Luol Deng is what I thought he was. Overpaid and injured. That's Luol Deng. He's played one game this year, 13 points a game. Huge contract. You know what? Very good job. Well done by uh, Tom Thibodeau not signing Luol Deng. As they tried to get him, but then, yeah, once the contract demands came to the table, it was like, have a nice life. <laughs> we'll talk to you never. Okay? <laughs> never again. Uh, Brandon Ingram doing a good job with Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope as well. Yeah, you know, about 14 points a game. He's doing okay. Jordan Clarkson, remember the guy who scorched the Wolves last year with all those three-pointers. It was just mind-numbing. What, what was he, 10 of 15 or something last year? It was just like, oh my God, would you just stop it already? Stop it! Stop it! Yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to say at that stage. Oh, boy. Mm, I couldn't believe it. Um, but 
okay, let's let's win our first Christmas game, huh? Last year the Wolves could not beat the uh, Golden State Warriors. They could not beat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. It was a fairly well played game. You even saw Jordan Hill, and the uniforms were kind of cool. They're black with green trim and all that, green colors, green uh, uh, font, all that. It was nice. I like those Christmas uniforms. It's going to be interesting to see how things turn out here, uh, Minnesota. In Los Angeles on Christmas Day, they, 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 it's not a bad place to be unless you like the white Christmas, which I do. So I'll take a snowy Christmas uh, here in Minnesota. Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis, Tyler Ennis is on the Lakers. I thought he was on the Minnesota Wild. Is he a hockey player? Tyler Ennis, I can't believe what I'm looking at here. Tyler Ennis, <laughs> Tyler Ennis. Well, five minutes a game. That's about the same amount that Tyler Ennis gets at the Wild. No, about ten minutes maybe. Fourth line uh, winger there, Tyler Ennis. I, I can't go. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Who's next? Uh, Eric Stahl and uh, yeah, Marion Gabrick's probably on the Lakers too. Marion Gabrick should be on the Lakers because he's on the L.A. Kings. So you know, eh, you know. Uh, uh, okay, I gotta leave it alone. Anze <laughs> Kopitar is leading the Lakers in scoring. <laughs> Okay, I've lost my mind. Uh, Julius Randle, again, one of the dorks in this town, actually thought that he's that uh, uh, Shabazz Muhammad's better than Julius Randle. Julius Randle's not having the best season, though. He's, I don't know, I thought he was better than this. He's just kind of average, isn't he? But he's still better than Shabazz Muhammad. You know, I, I think he's still better, and that his career potential still is, uh, you know, higher. Um, Corey Brewer, of course, getting about 12 minutes a game, three points, a eh, little bit of energy. He, he gets in the games. He gets in all the games. That's the good part. So he's in the rotation, but that's about it for him at this stage. Andrew Bogut off injured eight minutes a game. That sucks. Former number one overall pick, Milwaukee Bucks, who will be our next opponent. The Wolves should beat the Lakers. I'm kind of going on here, and I don't need to take so long talking about it. Uh, this, this team has a promising future, but still a couple more pieces to go. You know, they're, they're not playoff ready. Uh, 11 wins, though, they, you know, it's they're making some progress. They're, they're But still, got a, got a ways to go. They're not even at 400 uh, win percentage yet. Their counterparts, the Clippers, are right at 400 in the win percentage. That's interesting. So that's why teams like Minnesota, Denver, and Portland are all very much in the playoff picture, like in the playoffs right now, because the teams like the Clippers and uh, Memphis are out. So that's kind of how it goes. It's a changing of the guard. Eventually, the Los Angeles Lakers will be right back where they normally are, and that's in the upper echelon of the Western Conference, but not today, unfortunately for them. Uh, definitely a must, uh, not a must win, definitely a should win type of game. We'll call it a should win. <laughs> It'll be cool to see Lonzo Ball, how he fares against the Wolves for the first time, but I got to go with the veterans of Jimmy Butler and uh, Jeff Teague to be successful against the Los Angeles Lakers backcourt. Who's going to shine brightest in this one? I got a feeling this is it right here. This is Andrew Wiggins' time. He's on TNT on Christmas Day. I think Andrew Wiggins will have a big game. Uh, I remember Carl Anthony Towns played very well against the Lakers, but this is it. This is Wiggins' chance to shine. I'm going to pick Wiggins to go in the upper 20s, low 30s in this game. I'll say upper 20s because it'll probably be a it'll probably be a solid win for the Wolves. Either that or one of the Lakers is going to go off from downtown over and over and over. It's that's kind of the that's kind of been the case for the Wolves the last couple. Uh, last several years. Either Kobe's making like 17 three-pointers or and gets like 45 points or something, or the Wolves win by a decent margin, you know, and somebody on the Wolves gets 30. Somebody's going to score a lot of points in this game. I'm going to pick Wiggins to do it. 30 points. 30 points, 28 points. Minnesota wins the game something like 105 to 95, something like that, and Wiggins will get in the upper 20s. 
because uh, he tends to shine very well when the lights are brightest, and this is it. So this is his chance to do it. Go out there and do it, please, Andrew. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated as we try to move into our border. Oh, no, it's not the uh, Milwaukee Bucks yet. Denver Nuggets first. We just played them in the golden city there of Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Man, there is gold in Colorado. Of course, Gary Harris has led them in scoring, but he's been missing. He, he missed his first game of the season last time around. I've always liked him. I, he's missed a couple. Jamal Murray went off. I expect him to do the same again. He's a very good player, obviously. About 93% from the three, uh, three free throw line. 36% from downtown, but he looked better than that against us. That's for damn sure. Denver Nuggets, obviously, they're loaded with talent. They're a playoff team, and I did pick them to make it. So why shouldn't they? Uh... This is, of course, on the 27th, Wednesday, the 27th of December. All kinds of pieces on this roster that scare you a little bit. Uh, Gokic did a good job, but Carl Anthony Towns did have a bleep you type of game, and he always plays well against the Denver Nuggets. I expect him to do the same. 30 points against the Nuggets, something along those lines. Jimmy Butler will get his 25-ish, uh, make some big plays down the stretch, hit some key free throws, and what I've always, what I really love about Jimmy Butler, and my first real impression of him is when he faked out Andrew Wiggins back in Andrew's rookie year. When they said, "There's a, you know, that's the veteran against the rookie there. And that was a veteran play, drawing Wiggins into the air. And that's what great players do. They get, the, they get their opponents in the air. And that's what Jimmy Butler does well. That's what Jordan did well. That's what, you know, others like the Dominiques of the world do well. They get guys in the air where they're, you know, they're stuck. They can't do anything. Once you're in the air, that's it. You can go right past them. So it's either going for that quick catch-and-shoot shot, you know, from downtown for that little bit of space. Little, you get enough space cre created. You got you got about a uh, split second or so to get the catch the ball and release it, which is a high percentage play. Or you get the guy off the ground if there is a little bit of traffic. And once you get that going... You have momentum to the basket, and that's what Jimmy Butler does in such great fashion. You either draw contact behind the arc or whatever. Uh, one key for the Wolves, though, in all these games, especially Denver, because Denver's deadly from the outside. Like seems like everybody is these days. Phoenix and Denver is, my God, would you please stop fouling guys beyond the arc? It, it has just been an absolute trend. Uh, you saw uh, Crawford do it against Denver. I mean, it's like at least one or two a game. It used to be one or two a week, maybe. Not one or two, a game, a game. Three free throws. It's ridiculous. Got to stop. You, you, they always teach players to angle away from the shooter, not not go right into the guy. It's just dumb, you know, and, and the Wolves keep doing it. Uh, what's his name? Crawford. <laughs> what's his name, Crawford? Was angling away from the player, yet he did like a hip check into him. I couldn't believe it. Like, what is he doing? Uh, this was against uh, Jamal Murray, the play. I couldn't believe what uh, Jamal Crawford is doing. Jamal versus Jamal. The young Jamal and the old Jamal. Okay, that's creative. Uh, but it was just a stupid play. Uh, luckily, Wolves' success rate against Denver's, well, they've got one win against them so far. And on the road, that's very impressive. This is a home game, so I don't know. Do you keep things going? Does Denver get a win? It's going to be a tough back-and-forth type of battle. I don't think the Wolves will sweep this week. It's either Milwaukee or Denver the Wolves are going to lose to. I'm going to pick the Wolves to beat the Denver Nuggets again, which kind of might be a risky move, but I think the Wolves can beat them on the or at home. Excuse me. It is a back-to-back -back situation as the Wolves will be playing Milwaukee on December the 28th. I think Minnesota will beat the Nuggets. Carl Anthony Towns will have the, the high mark, and again, Butler will be clutched down the stretch. But again, the three-point shot is what would do the Wolves in, and especially perimeter defense in general, not only leaving guys open, for that split-second catch-and-shoot shot, which has killed the Wolves forever, 
since 1989. It's killed the Wolves, but especially the last uh, five to ten years or so in this three-point obsession era. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Butler should get the victory and all that. I mean, Butler should help the Wolves get the victory is what I'm trying to say. Towns will lead the way with double-double type performance. I like the way he's played against Denver pretty much since he was a rookie, for the most part. I think he had one or two stinkers mixed in, but generally speaking, Carl plays very well against the Denver Nuggets. And that's why I expect to lead the way once again. Uh, I was leading into something. But, uh, yeah, it's just general. Just, again, (laughs) perimeter defense, it's like you're either fouling the guy or leaving him wide open. So it's just try to find the common ground. Try to find a middle ground with that. Just, you know, stay to your man. Don't crash into him. I mean, Butler's been so good about that. But others, you know, Wiggins and Crawford and Teague have just gotten murdered from downtown pretty much forever. And it's extremely frustrating. So that's pretty much the point I was attempting to make. Is now it's time for the big old border battle. Minnesota and Milwaukee. Ooh, scary stuff, right? Well, the Bucks are a decent team. They're third place in the Central Division, which a lot of people think the Wolves should be in in the Eastern Conference. The Central Division. The Bucks 16-3 and at this moment. Of course, yeah, this is not an easy matchup at all. The Greek Freak is averaging almost 30 points a game, and he's averaging about 11 rebounds a game. Chris Middleton's leading the team in assists, but really, you're not getting a whole lot of uh, point guard gameplay, that type of thing. You're not getting a whole lot of playmaking from point guard, even though Eric Bledsoe is more than capable of doing that. I think this is a tough game. On the road in Milwaukee, I'm going to pick a loss in this one, a back-to-back situation against a team that's capable of going off. Uh, This team can definitely shoot the three. They're filled with athletes. Uh, The Greek Freak versus Andrew Wiggins is not a good matchup for Andrew right now. Unfortunately, his young counterpart has not been available. The guy that's... I feel bad for him. Uh, Gary Payton II is on the roster. That's kind of cool, as he used to be around. Uh, Thon Maker, me and Marcus Forecaster, big fans of his coming into the draft last season. He gets starts, but he doesn't get a whole lot of minutes. Uh, he's at about four points a game, two rebounds. He's averaging uh, about a block a game in his 18 minutes a game. I expected a little more in the shot-blocking department. Tony Snell can really scorch from the outside. A lot of us liked him coming into the... Uh, free agency not that long ago. They were hoping to get some kind of a reasonable contract offer his way, but he got big bucks. Uh, Tet- <laughs> Tel Tetovich, I remember him, he, uh, he had a big three-point shot against the Wolves for Phoenix uh, a couple of years ago. He's about 47% from beyond the arc, but he's only played in 10 games this year. He's had injury problems. Of course, Greg Monroe traded for Eric Bledsoe, who's scoring for the Bucks. He's not really doing a whole lot of playmaking, but then again, they have multiple point forwards on the team, and Chris Middleton and the Greek freak, Giannis. Yeah, Giannis, the Greek freak. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that last name. I, I know it, but it's tough, and I always screw it up anyway, and we all know who that is, of course. Matthew Deladova, Matty Deladova out of Australia, of course, physical uh, physical defensive point guard, and he's missed a lot of time as well. Oft injured, lots of oft injured players on the roster, unfortunately, but they're still the main guys like Eric Bledsoe, Middleton, and, and uh, the Greek freak who've done a very, very good job for the Milwaukee Bucks, and they've kept them in playoff contention, and I do think the Milwaukee Bucks will be in the playoffs. What they do after that is their business, I suppose. This will be a loss, though. Uh, Minnesota falls in Milwaukee, something along the likes of 108-99. to It's going to be something like that. The Wolves will be in it for most of the game. Bucks will pull away, that type of deal. Get to the whole free-throw line bit, that type of thing. Wolves will wrap up the little season series, the two-game series with the Eastern Conference teams, of course, on February the 1st 
at Target Center. Thursday, February the 1st at Target Center. Milwaukee is uh, two out of their last five. They've lost to Houston and Chicago, who's been playing way better of late. They've won seven games in a row. How about that? Uh, New Orleans. I almost sold them to the Hornets. The New Orleans Pelicans, a three-game losing streak mixed in with a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers recently. Wow. That's impressive. A loss to, or excuse me, and a win over the Ricky Rubio's Utah Jazz. Scorched them 117 to 100 on December the 9th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've always had a soft spot for the Bucks. I don't have this Packers slash Wisconsin Badgers feeling with the Milwaukee Bucks. I've I've just always had a soft spot for this club. So they're they're one of they're one of the teams I kind of like a little bit. And of course, when you have the Greek freak and guys like that, uh, and and you hope the best for the oft injured uh, Javari Parker, multiple ACLs, unfortunately, same knee, the left knee. Remember last year, uh, he played well against Andrew Wiggins. It was a fun mono a mono battle because Jabari Parker was coming around. He was averaging about 21 points a game after a quiet uh, second slash rookie year, a second crack of the rookie year as he had the ACL right away the first season. And then he started to show signs. He was quiet that, that first year, then the third year as an NBA player, but second year as a, as a, as a healthy player. 21 points a game, and then that left knee buckled again. Just, ah, it was a hard, heartbreaking, and he's out for 12 months. So he should be back in February, possibly, hopefully. Uh, maybe Parker will be back by <clears throat> the time the Wolves play the Bucks. maybe, but or he'll be close to coming back, something like that. But Jabari Parker, a guy I feel for, a guy who was taken number two in the draft. It was between Wiggins and Parker that year. Wiggins has stayed healthy, knock on wood. I'm... Knocking on wood. He's been an Iron Man. A lot of people complained about this and that with Wiggins, but give him credit. He stayed healthy. Um, so that's the good part. <clears throat> Parker looked on as the tougher player, this and that. Certainly more physical guy, rebounding, this and that. But <clears throat> multiple ACLs, a 12-month injury last time around. Unbelievable. It could be just because it's happened twice and it's like, okay, this is serious stuff here. we gotta be, we got to get this right before we get Jamari Parker back out on the court again. Pardon me for that. I normally have that set towards <laughs> silent, and it should be, so my apologies. The Minnesota Timberwolves will lose 108-99 to to the Milwaukee Bucks. <clears throat> Best player in that game for the Wolves, uh, Jeff Teague. I, I think Jeff Teague will have a solid game. Will he be the best player overall? Maybe, uh, but obviously, you, you know, I want to believe Wiggins is going to go off again, something like that, but I don't know. It's hard to pick that these days because, again, the way the lineup is set, Jimmy Butler will probably have a strong performance, keep the Wolves in it. I, mean, I think it's the Wolves' backcourt that's going to be the stronger pieces, even though there's not a whole lot of physical <laughs> physical uh, resistance from the Bucks necessarily uh, at the center position anymore because Greg Monroe has gone to Phoenix. Obviously, he's missed like half the season anyway, too, so you don't really see him, but then again, Tyson Chandler's dangerous with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so... But I think the Wolves' backcourt will have a fun matchup with Eric Bledsoe and such, and Wiggins and uh, the Greek Freak. You might see a little mano and mano back and forth between them, though, of course, you'll probably see Todd Gibson on uh, the Greek Freak more often than Andrew Wiggins because, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough matchup. Wiggins capable of playing some strong defense, but then at the same time, then then there's the gaff. So, I don't know. It's all a, it's all a work in progress with Andrew Wiggins, and it's just going to stay that way. Same like with Carl Anthony Towns. It's going to stay that way for the time being. Hopefully you see them break through and become the stars that they are supposed to be with the number one overall pick in the draft. Back-to-back years there, 2014 and 2015, Wiggins and Carl. So with that, we'll take a quick break, get to fan interaction, and wrap up this week's show. (laughs) 
And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Time to hear from you guys from Australia, New Zealand, and locally. Thank you again for being a part of the show, and welcome back on board. want to thank Levi and Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast, also out of Melbourne, Australia, for retweeting the most recent episode, uh, <laughs> 212, Getting Personal. This one, of course, is the Alpha Dog, and that would be a guy by the name of Jimmy Butler, yes. So thank you guys for that. Uh, Tanae Brown, again out of New Zealand, says, Woo, look what I found in Perth. And that is the lime green, all eyes north, all that good stuff, all eyes north, uh, Northern Lights jerseys. Northern Lights jerseys. That's what they are. It's not even about lime green this or that. They are the Aurora Borealis. That's why it's all eyes north. It's, it's the, uh, the Northern Lights jerseys, those lime greens that we wore against the Phoenix Suns, a bullcrap debut for those jerseys. The Wolves were pounding the Phoenix Suns, and the Wolves were not pounding the Phoenix Suns. Uh, it's an Andrew Wiggins jersey done by the like of uh, Mr. Tanae Brown, who's got the, the mustache going. I don't know if it's uh, Movember related, possibly, at the time. Uh, hmm. <laughs> but it was already December. I don't know. Uh, interesting look there. I like it. <laughs> I, I do. I wore a mustache for quite a while back in the day when I worked at the bank. I was working at the bank. Oh. Tanae continues in a different tweet, says, Looking forward to seeing them on the court, and that was, again, the Phoenix Suns game. Very bright, but it's grown on me a lot. Uh, I like it, too, Tanae. Said, would love to see Target Center crowd all in this color, color. And they were in that color against the Phoenix Suns. And the frickin' orange orange out did the uh, green, unfortunately. Um, that was really frustrating. And there it is, Tanae retweeting it right there from the Minnesota Timberwolves themselves. He says, this looks really cool. And I agree. The Northern Lights were donned in Target Center. And not quite Seattle Seahawks-like. It's funny because the Wolves, it's like they're my favorite team in the whole world. And then you get the freaking Seahawks who have similar colors. And they're one of my least favorite teams in the whole world. That's, of course, the NFL, Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, and uh, Mr. Big Mouth, uh, Richard Sherman, guys like that. Of course, Richard Sherman, unfortunately, unable to perform for the rest of the season. Unfortunately for Seattle. <laughs> yes, I'm a jerk. I just got sick of them. Um, so that would do it for the tweets right now. There's some highlights here and there, but they're not Timberwolves Explosion tweets. So thank you again very much, Tanae, uh, for being a part of the show always. Gotta love that. And that's an awesome, 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 awesome picture from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And thank you for retweeting it to Timberwolves Explosion today. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, gotta love it. Sometimes I'm not available at the right time, and you are, that type of thing. You know how people that are available this time and not this time, that type of deal? It's one of those. It's not because I'm too busy for it and everyone else should, should help me out. No, I'm not too busy. I, I'm, I'm not that bad. It's just schedules are what they are. They overlap this and they overlap that. So thank you again for uh, today for retweeting that one. <clears throat> Let's get to the Facebook pages. Going to give a quick shout-out to Flip's Army first. Flip's Army Facebook page. Do give that a, uh, a follow a like, I guess, is what they do on Facebook. They like the page and interact in the uh, in-game uh, threads and such. Other conversation, this and that. The in-game threads are my favorite, at least for that page. But it's a fun overall conversation starter with all kinds of different things, like Michael Beasley's good game for the Knicks. I couldn't care less. Uh, he's not on the Wolves. He was disappointing. I got tired of him. Next, next. It's just kind of like, okay, yeah, that's Michael Beasley. That's who he's going to be now. He's going to be one of the better players. Not Next. Okay, but yeah, so it's stuff like that, though. It's a wonderful page. A lot of you probably like Michael Beasley more than I do, so I, I understand. 
<laughs> it's not even do as I. It's not even do as I say. Not do as I. Not as I do. Just uh, have your own opinion. That's about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll have mine. That type of thing. For the Timberwolves page, it's facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. So this one does fit. For Twitter, it's at Wolves Explosion. All this information will be in the show description, as it always is. Uh, most recent episode tweeted, uh, or, and there were no comments, but there were multiple likes. Thank you guys for that. And I posted an image of Jimmy Butler in December. It's actually since been updated. It hadn't updated yet after the... Portland game, but Jimmy Butler averaging about 26 points a game in the month of December. He's been outstanding. Gotta love Yahoo Sports so you can get the season splits, stuff like that. Uh, Three-point percentage in December has been down about 30% or so. That's the not-so-good part. As I want to update it now, I'm going to try to dig around here to get that really quick. Uh, Butler definitely has progressed during the course of the season in October. Averaged about 16 points to November, 18 points. Three-point percentage was 40% in November. But the overall field goal percentage for Jimmy Butler, right about 50 now, where he started out the year 44, stayed at that the next month. Literally about the same, but as the field goal attempts went up, the minutes actually dropped a bit. Now 40 minutes a game in December, though, which is extremely brutal, but it kind of is what it is. Jimmy Butler is leading the team in minutes, 37 per game plus at this stage. 22 or 20.2 points a game. So certainly not at the crazy numbers he had last year for his for the regular season, but there's more guys around him this time. Uh, so far, yeah, right about 26. 25.7, three-point percentage at 31%. Ugh. So a little bit better than it was just before the last couple of games here. As again, the, uh, this is after Denver as well, so you got to put, you got to factor that in. A couple of games have taken place since this was posted, but uh, very strong performance for Jimmy Butler, about 50% overall from the floor, extremely efficient. The minutes went down a little bit, thankfully, for young Mr. Jimmy, about 92% from the free throw line as well. Overall, multifaceted guy. You know, six rebounds, five assists. Got to love what the guy brings. Two steals a game in December, and overall, most of the year, about two steals a game. Um, he's been awesome, and I think he deserves to make the All-Star team. Let's see what uh, the comments are out there, because I know there's a couple. As we await that, uh, Tene Brown out of New Zealand says, man, that 40 minutes a game is rough. I was seeing how that's the other thing, too many. Tene uh, jumps in again and says, it's hard to take him out of games. Like today, when he came out, Portland went on a 7-0 run straight away. We're lucky to have Butler on the team. No doubt we wouldn't be close to the position we're in at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Especially with Wiggins disappearing. And that's why you got the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Would the Bulls let us trade him for Levine? Question mark? Yep, <laughs> question mark. I don't know why I said question mark, but uh, that's my fault. He says that's a joke, but at the same time, Wiggs needs to step up and get his game going, and that's damn sure, and I hope he does this week against the Blakes of Milwaukee, and uh, the, well, you know, Phoenix Suns, he's had success against them, it's time to have some more success against them in Los Angeles, he's had some good numbers in the Lakers, it was mostly Levine, though, Levine was the guy that really did well against the Lakers, but of course, he's from Seattle, but he played in UCLA, so that, that's his LA tie. It's kind of similar to Kevin Love. He played at UCLA, was from Portland, Portland, Oregon, so that type of situation there. Of course, Seattle no longer has the Sonics. Maybe one day they will again. They very likely will be getting a National Hockey League team for the first time since the 30s, I believe, or is it even the 20s, the Seattle Metropolitans, where they were kind of like the Wild, They had, they, but they were striped. Striped jerseys, really weird. A lot of teams like the Ottawa Senators usually have that. Uh, that red, white, and green Christmas color look, which is what the Wild are all about. Mark Lee says he is who we thought he was. And that's Dennis Green right there from Mark Lee. Yep, 
he is who we thought he was. And he's done a wonderful job, has done Jimmy Butler for this club. Any visitors posts? No. Um, unfortunately. Uh, one thing, too, with Garnett, i got to come, come back again. Me, me and Tanae had a conversation uh, for a while there that I didn't get to last show. We actually had had the conversation before last show. One other thing I wanted to factor in to the conversation that can't be ignored is, okay, so again, I'm going to reiterate, I don't have a hatred for Kevin Garnett. A lot of you think I have this axe to grind with Kevin Garnett, and I hate him with a passion, this and that. Uh, there are things about him that I that deteriorated with me as a fan with him. You know, just one thing, though, that you cannot deny when, okay, it's not Garnett's fault, it's not Garnett's fault, this and that, you know, that he got this guy, that guy. That's up to management to say, no, we got to be smarter, this and that. And if, the thing is, though, it's like Garnett would, seems like he'd hate management no matter what they do. There's that. But one other tiny thing that's not tiny at all, it's the elephant in the room, the contract. The contract. And it's not just because he got $125 million. There's the one thing a lot of people, I think, are forgetting. What took place about a month before the contract agreement? Kevin Garnett turned down $103 million. 103 with the six years or whatever. Um, back then, in 1997, $103 million was as much as it gets. Kevin Garnett was 20 years old. He was averaging 17 points and 8 rebounds a game. And he turned down a $103 million contract. They coughed up another $22 million in the contract, which... For what? You know, I mean, $103 million would have been an astronomical contract at the time, and they turned it down and wanted, and they wound up, wound up with 125 God only knows what Eric Fleischer was demanding at the time. Eric Fleischer, yeah, definitely not a popular man with the Wolves organization back then, and certainly, well, obviously he's irrelevant now. Uh, David Falk, also known as the devil out there, he was one of the tough guys with uh, Marbury. I gotta say, though, that contract started a lot of the animosity with Garnett and Marbury. It, it really did. Uh, Marbury was a jackass at the end of the day, no matter what. But I'll never forget what Marbury said with that whole contract negotiation after it was over. Marbury said, well, when my contract is, uh, is, 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 it's time to negotiate a new contract, I won't handle it that way. It was something along those lines. So, hmm. Yeah, uh, the plot had thickened at the time, and obviously history is what it is. Um, would the Wolves have been a great team with Garnett and Marbury? Yes. Would they have won championships? Maybe. The problem is you run into walls of Lakers and Spurs. They were still there, but I do believe this team would have had significant playoff runs with Garnett and Marbury. Maybe at least at least one of them resulting in a championship at some point. I think the Wolves would have beaten anybody in the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals in the early days. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets slash New Jersey Nets, the Wolves would have beaten them easily. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, that would have been a tough one in 2000, but of course no, nobody was going to beat the Lakers in 2000. Uh, the New York Knicks in 1999, easily. The Wolves would have rolled over them in the finals. Uh, it would have been an interesting Western Conference finals between Minnesota and San Antonio. And I do think if Stefan Marbury was on that roster at the end of the season, which he was at the beginning, Minnesota and San Antonio would have tipped off in the uh, Western Conference finals in 1999. But of course, again, history is what it is. Uh, you know, obviously you can't blame Garnett for everything. You can't. Some people might say you can't blame him for anything. You can blame him for something. You can blame him for something. Obviously, both sides had their had their issues, had their problems, not because they're bad people necessarily, but because they just they made a lot of mistakes. Both sides, I think, did. I think a contract of that size at the time was a mistake on both sides of the table, big time. Uh, Garnett and his agent were too greedy. 
Uh, Taylor was, I, I, I don't know. I mean, at the time was too, <laughs> he just wasn't thinking. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, and of course the Joe Smith contract, you could go on forever with a lot of the dopey moves that were made along the way that hurt this team horribly. That was definitely not Garnett's fault other than Garnett wanted Joe Smith on the roster. And at the time, a lot of us wanted Joe Smith on the roster. And of course, Tom Gugliotta, Marbury, that you could go on forever. So I better wrap it up. Again, no true hatred for Garnett, just frustration. I got frustrated, and I think a lot of others did as well. If you hate me for that, then whatever. You know, whatever. You're going to have to hate me then. So that's the end of this uh, episode. Unfortunately, quiet fan interaction again, but thank you, Tanae. You're carrying the show right now in the fan interaction segment. Vince Germano, Hank, where are you guys? I, I miss you. I know you're busy, though. Hank especially, extremely busy. He's, he's in a retail job of some sorts. I'm not sure what type of job it is, but he's he's probably a manager somewhere, and he's getting swamped, absolutely swamped. That's one of the reasons why you're not seeing a logo on iTunes, because once I took it off, the other one, the regular logo that was up there, I don't have it. I thought I had it, and the damn thing doesn't fit on HipCast, and that's why you're not seeing uh, the logo on there. You're just seeing a HipCast logo, so Timberwolves Explosion still exists. You're noticing them still come out. It's just, we'll get the logo up there one of these days, and Dylan said he was going to get the old one back up there for me, or at least give me the, the image, and I never heard from him since, so whatever that means, it's unfortunate. So, Dylan Richardson, of course, the founder and creator of thesportstuff.com. Going to give another shout-out to the Courtside Podcast. Please do check that out on iTunes, of course. There's uh, premium shows. Podbean is where you get the premium shows and the free shows. There's, they're, they're mostly free. Most of them are free, but a few premium episodes like Christmas specials, this and that, are on Podbean. It is 20 bucks a year. Unfortunately, I think Hank McCoy is a bit swamped, though, right now. Unfortunately, that's why you're not seeing a whole lot of courtside releases. But there have been a few of late. A little back-to-back, uh, little head-to-head matchups on uh, NBA, <laughs> NBA history, testing the knowledge of a lot of these... Uh, a lot of the uh, the courtside faithful out there in Australia and New Zealand and and, and uh, beyond. So really enjoy it. Maybe I'll pop on at some point if they'll have me and if my schedule uh, adds up, of course. Because international schedule, it's really hard. When it's when I usually record here in the morning, it's 3 a.m. there. I like to record at night, I prefer to, and then it's the next afternoon there, the next day's afternoon there. That's a little easier, and that's but of course now it's tough to record at night because my wife works in the early, early, early morning. So... It's tough. I can't just come and record when I live in an apartment. So <laughs> I wish I had a house or something. So you get the idea. Or just at least a private room to record the show. But I kind of sort of don't right now. Just a living room and a bedroom. And that's about it. <laughs> it kind of is what it is. That's what I get for uh, not being a little more successful yet. So that's kind of how things go. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for being a part of the show, please do call in. It's 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, show out, comment, question, and opine. It's a three-minute limit with that phone number. There's also the call now button on the Facebook page. goes to the same number, and it's free internationally because it's through Facebook Messenger. The Facebook Messenger, it's like calling through Facebook Messenger. Boom, right into the show, free, no matter where you're from. Where as long as there's Wi-Fi connection or cellular internet connection, this and that, and you're going to get in. You're not going to have to worry about long distance. Those are kind of the old days, really. And then uh, there's the uh, audio submission route, which Tunay and others use. There's no time limit with that one. Um, you simply use the recording uh, application on your smartphone, smart device, whatever it is. Any type of recording application, they're all free, obviously. 
and you save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com and there's also the audacity uh program you can use application whatever on a computer same thing that's what i use to make the show edit and all that put it together edit engineer it so to speak as you could Call me, I guess I'm guy. I guess I'm an audio engineer with this show because nobody else is. <laughs> so it's me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and make fun of that thought right there. But <laughs> but um, that's all you do. You email it to Paladino Live at yahoo.com, save it, and of course, a lot of phones they give you a M4A. It's an M4A file, which then I convert into an MP3, which I can slide right into Audacity, and bam, there you are in fan interaction, and it's great to hear your voice. So Vince, Tanae, Hank, slash Wayno, Wayne Hunt, you guys are all welcome. you got the green light. Please join the show if you can. And others out there, too, uh, others out there that I haven't met yet, maybe some of you that I have met that called in a long time ago, call in again. I miss you. So we'll hear from you soon. Otherwise, everyone, have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy Holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. And, of course, again, generally speaking, Merry Christmas as we head into Monday, the 25th, and go Timberwolves over the Lakers. Sorry, Vince and, and others, Kalen Woods and Stu Vinson, but we got to cheer for the Wolves. This is the Timberwolves show, and we'll hopefully get Showtime and T-Wolves up and running again soon, too. That would be great. Uh, a Lakers and Timberwolves show with Vince Germano. That was freaking fun. So, until next time, take care, everybody, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.